from the Public Affairs staff of the Columbus Dispatch, this is Buckeye Forum. Hello, welcome to Buckeye Forum. Uh, Jim Siegel here along with my colleague, Kathy Kandiski. We're here to talk about ECOT again, although this time it's uh, the situation has really turned dire for the school. We've done this show a few times over the, the past year or two, uh, talking about their various legal and financial issues. Well, that all appears to be coming to a head at this point. ECOT, the Electronic Classroom of Tomorrow, the state's largest online charter school, has been informed this week that their sponsor, which is Lake Erie, the Educational Service Center of Lake Erie West, uh, their sponsor has told them that they are terminating their sponsorship of the school. That is a huge deal because a charter school in Ohio cannot operate without a sponsor. And considering ECOT's financial and, uh, and frankly, academic issues over the years, they will not be a good candidate to be picked up by somebody else. And that sponsorship is going to end on January 18th, which means that ECOT is under the gun right now to, to find some way to, to try to work out a, some, some kind of an agreement either with Lake Erie West or somebody else to basically to continue operating. I mean, we are in the middle of a school year and there seems to be a real possibility that, that ECOT may shut its doors and leave, you know, what at fifth, whatever, 15,000 kids without a school to go to. Now, this is not the first time a charter school is closed mid year in Ohio, but it is by far the largest uh, impact that we, in terms of number of students that we, that we would see. And uh, so, so Kathy, you can talk a little bit about, you know, how we got here, you know, the ECOT obviously has been having uh, financial issues, and I and I and that is seems to be largely what is driving uh, this decision here by Lake Erie West. ECOT's ECOT's always had problems with student performance over the years, and that kind of got things started. Um, but what really has caused caused the things to go south quickly for ECOT has been financial things, specifically not being able to verify the number of students that are attending their school. So the Department of Education last year ordered them to repay $60 million um, for the 2015-2016 school year, and that was being deducted from their monthly pay, monthly state aid payments in the amount of about $2.5 million. So that was causing some hardship, ECOT said, for them. And they had, they'd even last fall said they were projecting that they might have to close in February, and it kind of does make you wonder if they knew this was coming because they had said that in, I think, court documents, maybe sometime late last year, November or something. Yeah, they have a, uh, a court, they have a court challenge to this, uh, this effort by the Department of Education to claw back this money for unverified right. students. In these court documents, they, part of their argument, they just laid it right out there. It's like, we are going to run out of money in March. They're going to have a cash flow problem. We'll have a cash flow right. problem. We will have a negative balance and school cannot operate that way. And it's so, hard to see how ECOT's going to catch up because, of course, $60 million they have to pay back for the 15-16 school year. Now they were ordered to pay back, I think, just just short of $20 million for the 16-17 school year, which they've started deducting for that as well. ECOT, of course, is fighting that one. Currently they're waiting for an administ- a ruling on an administrative appeal, but I'm sure if they're not successful that they'll go through the courts like they did with the last one. So it's hard to see how they can get ahead. These debts are piling up on ECOT, and it's not surprising, I guess, although I never really had considered the bonding issue for the for the school treasurer, but I can see why having these financial problems would make it very difficult for them to get a surety bond for their fiscal officer, which is required, and which is a which is deal-breaker with their contract with Lake Erie West. Yeah, that seems to be their big one. There, there's basically two big issues going on right now. One is they're they're simply running out of money and are and will close soon. And 
And there's a letter in which uh, that Lake Erie West sent to ECOT, and it's, and part of their their concern is, look, if we just wait until you run out of money at the end of your at the end of March, let's just say, let's, let's just say we keep you, we keep sponsoring you, you stay open, you run out of money. There's there's legitimate concern about are there going to be creditors that are going to be need to be paid at that point? Are teachers going to be paid at that point? Are there teachers right. going to miss a pay period because you can't cover their pay? Lake Erie West Board has decided, I think, partly in that. We don't want to wait until the very end to shut you down because by that point it's going to be too late in order to, you know, for some who, who need to be paid, including most importantly, your staff who are showing up to work still every day and, and trying to, to teach these students. But you mentioned the surety bond. That above all else is right now, to be honest, as much as their financial trouble is a problem for them, and it is because it's a compounding issue right now as the state continues to find that they are over-reporting the number of students they have. And, and the courts are agreeing with them. And the courts are, so yes, far. and the courts are siding with the state. The Supreme Court still is, has a hearing coming up, but so far the ECOT has not been successful in the courts. But as this compounding financial problem is bad enough, then if you can't get a surety bond for your treasurer, which right now their bond company has has informed ECOT that they are going to, to cancel their, their surety bond for the treasurer here sort of toward the end of January. If you don't have that, then you, you are toast in terms of being able to operate as a school and being able right. to get a sponsor. Above all else, if they can't get that fixed, if they can't get that rectified, if someone, even like if Bill Logger, the founder of the, of the school, if he, you know, if he or somebody else can't step up and say, yes, we will make sure that we cover any debts and we have a plan to continue moving forward, then I don't know that they have an option to stay open. You know, It's hard to see some other sponsor coming to step in. And so the question kind of becomes, what's next for these students? What's next for these teachers? I think it's pretty obvious that the teachers are going to be out of jobs. But what's going to happen to the students? A lot of these students left their traditional school, local schools for various issues. You hear a lot of stories about kids being bullied or safety issues, bringing kids to ECOT and other things, or kids that just didn't learn as well in a traditional setting. The question becomes what's going to happen to those kids because, of course, we've reported a lot about the kids that supposedly didn't show up for school or didn't participate, and that was what caused ECOT to have to pay back a lot of the money to the state. But there were there are a number of kids, we met a lot of them at the rally ECOT had at the State House last summer, that actually did succeed at ECOT, participated in school, were active and stuff, and you wonder what's going to happen to them. I guess they have the choice of going back to their home schools, schools like Columbus, which I think has lost the most kids to ECOT, or they could try and find another charter school. There's certainly other online schools in Ohio that I'm sure will be reaching out to these kids. But it's a lot of kids mid-year to have to figure out what they're going to do with such short notice. Certainly feel for the parents. There is an ability in law for for the state, the State Department of Education, to step in and take over as a sponsor. That We're still actually doing some reporting and trying to get some clarity as to what type of options the state has, if they have any in this. There's still some unclarity, at least from our perspective, as to, you know... I may be it, proven wrong, but I would find it, given the hostile relationship right now in the pot with this legal issue that's going on between the school and the Department of Education, it's hard for me to see the Department of Education coming to their rescue. Oh, I'm sure that if you ask the Department of Education and the Kasich administration, should we step in and save them, the answer would be, you know, no. But I don't know if the state law is somehow going to require them to do something. The Department of Education does have a charter sponsor office that does actually run, you know, oversees some schools. schools. So, and, and there are certain circumstances where they will step in. I just don't know yet for sure if this is one of those where even they could or even if they, do they have an option to? I'm like, 
look, ECOT has been, and the, and the Department of Education have had a very hostile relationship, as you said. I mean, they, right. ECOT has gone on, has run, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on television ads statewide, basically pummeling the Department of Education, saying that they, you know, they hate e-schools and they want to, they want to, you know, ruin these kids' education. I mean, it, it's been, it's been nasty. It's, it's been a very unusual uh, fight uh, in the, in the education realm. This, this usually is not how things go. When it comes to education policy, that's usually a much more and the other possibility. The other possibility would be some kind of legislative intervention. There are some lawmakers that are very supportive of ECOT in the legislature. ECOT founder Bill Logger has been very generous with campaign donations over the years. He does have some support in the legislature, although ECOT has tried to get the legislature to intervene in this financial issue they've had the last few months, and and that hasn't been successful. So I wonder if anyone in the legislature would step up to try and do something now that the school's facing closure. I, can, I think it's a long shot. I agree with you. There are definitely some ECOT supporters in the legislature, including the uh, the gentleman who wants to be the next speaker, uh, Larry Householder. He was one of the only ones to take in major contributions from ECOT founder Bill Logger in the uh, last year. But so did uh, Andrew Brenner, the uh, the House Education Committee chairman. However, there are a lot of folks over in that state house who don't want anything to do with this issue. There's a reason that this issue has not come up much. Uh, there, I've been told by a f- number of folks over there that ECOT is sort of a toxic issue right now, and anything that even remotely looks like it's going to be benefiting ECOT for some reason has been avoided at this point. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to stay that way, but it's almost getting too late. I mean, really, there the sponsorship is going to be suspended within the next week. And if that's the case, then I don't know, even if the legislature wanted to act, I'm not sure how much they could do at this point to come in. So, I mean, it's it's possible that ECOT finds a way to get a, a reprieve and, and extend things out. But again, by their own court filings, they only are going to survive until March unless they figure out a way to get a surety bond and also figure out a way to renegotiate something with the Department of Education on how much money they're being required to repay every month. So far, ECOT has said those negotiations have failed. They just have not been able to get a different repayment schedule put in place. I think there's more to it than that, but we're still waiting to talk to the Department of Education more about all that. The other question I think that's going to come out, and maybe not today, maybe in the next few days and weeks, is you know charter schools were supposed to be an experiment for the state to show innovation ideas that maybe could be used in the in the traditional public school setting. That was the original idea behind charter schools when Ohio authorized them years ago. You know, the question now becomes, what have we learned from ECOT? ECOT's gotten a billion dollars, more than a billion dollars in tax money since I think 2000. We reported that last mm-hmm. year. What have we learned? What have we gotten for that investment? I think a lot of people are going to be questioning the value of the investment now that we see how this is kind of all playing out. Yeah, and there are other e-schools that, that are operating, some with varying degrees of success. And frankly, it's it's funny. I saw one, I think it was a Logan Hawking Schools on Twitter today. They tweeted out our story about ECOT's impending closure and then also then immediately said, hey, we have a great digital learning platform. Give us a call. And, and they put their whole contact information in there. I mean, so right. other schools are trying to get ready for this and well there's demand there's demand for online absolutely you're seeing it you're seeing it expand in both higher education and i think traditional schools as well as you mentioned so even if ecot does close this is not going to be the end of online education it will mark the end of the largest school in the state and and the end of a uh, school with a uh, political force behind it that uh, we've never seen before in this state outside of uh, david brennan another major charter Mm -hmm. school operator he operates more of the brick and mortar 
traditional schools, though. But basically, David Brenner and Bill Logger have been the two major forces financially behind charter schools over the years, and uh, Bill Logger's school could be nearing the end unless some changes uh, occur and there's uh, something dramatic that happens. I wonder if we're going to hear from Bill Logger. He's, he's not somebody who kind of steps out into the spotlight very often. No, he doesn't. He was actually at a rally last year. That was a rare chance to actually see him in public, see him talk. I did manage to uh, literally chase him down for a quick comment, <laughs> but uh, he's not, not one to want to speak uh, speak much in in settings where it's not a rally or any or something of that nature. He's, he's not one to just want to talk to the media. So, yeah, we'll continue to follow this. We're going to have follow-up stories um, probably uh, tomorrow. This, tomorrow, well, definitely tomorrow and probably next into next week as we get closer to this deadline and figuring out exactly what's going to happen to this school and, and, and more importantly, what's going to happen to these the kids who are attending and where they're going to go and how their transcripts are going to get get sent to the right places. Believe me, there's a big logistical mess that will involve uh, the, yeah, a, a school kids, closure of this of this size. I mean, you have kids that are set to graduate this spring that are probably wondering what's going to happen to them, and then you've mm-hmm. got kids who need or parents who are going to need to collect transcripts mm-hmm. and. Make sure those get sent to where, you know, make a lot of decisions about what's going to happen to their kids at this point. So thanks for joining us here on Buckeye Forum. Again, we'll be tuning into the, dis, you know, reading the dispatch, going to dispatch.com and uh, reading our continuing coverage because I'm sure there'll be plenty of it. Jim Siegel for Kathy Kandiski. Thanks a lot. <laughs>